This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Have a jazz question that needs answering? Well, then give us a call on our podcast questions hotline at 910-LJS-CAST. That's 910-557-2278. Leave us a voicemail with your jazz question and you may just hear it answered on a future LJS podcast episode. That's 910-LJS-CAST. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast. So glad you're here, no matter where you're listening from, whether it's from our home base at LearnJazzStandards.com, iTunes, YouTube, and no matter where you're listening from in the world, I want to welcome you. And on today's episode 60, I have a great, exciting topic. It's all about how to develop relative pitch. And to talk about this today, I have a very special guest coming on the show, all the way from Los Angeles, singer and pianist. Amy Nolte, so excited to have her on. She just absolutely blasts you today with tons of valuable information and things to work on, things to practice. I absolutely love this episode, so uh, definitely keep on listening. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while uh, and you get some value out of it, a really simple way that you can give value back to us is simply by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. That always helps other people find this show. So go to iTunes, leave a rating and review. And of course, if you're not part of our jazz community yet, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. Would love to have you join us there. Now remember also, if you'd like to ask a question on the LGS podcast, you got to call our podcast questions hotline. The number for our podcast questions hotline is 910-LJS-CAST, or that's 910-557-2278. Leave us a voicemail with your jazz question. It could be answered on a future upcoming LJS podcast episode. doesn't matter what the question is. I'll find someone who knows the answer if I don't know. Now, we're not going to have Ask LJS today, but... Uh, We will in future episodes, so be sure to call in. All right, now let's not waste any more time. Let's get on our special guest today, Amy Nolte. Here we go. All right, joining us on the show today is Amy Nolte from Los Angeles, California. Super excited to have her on. Amy, thanks so much for being on the show today. No problem. Thanks for asking me. Of course. And so I, it's a weird way I found you. I found you uh, by just showing up in my timeline on uh, Jam of the Week, the Facebook group Jam of the Week. And then I saw you in my feed on YouTube and saw you had a bunch of followers and I just really love your stuff. Uh, so I thought, man, we need to get Amy on the show. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to have you and I'm really excited 
uh, today to talk about how we can develop relative pitch. I know that's something uh, that I'm super excited to talk about and learn about. Uh, I know my audience is excited too. So, but before we jump into that, I want to find out a lot of my listeners probably don't know who you are. So who is Amy Nolte? I'm a jazz piano player and singer. And like, yeah, like you said, I I live in Los Angeles and I grew up in a little town in Northern California called Weaverville, Mm. where there was like not much going on at all, but but in high school I kind of fell in love with jazz just because we had a jazz band in in high school, and so we would go to like these jazz festivals, and and then I just learned that I could improvise, and that was kind of like the end for me. As soon as I learned that I could make stuff up on the spot, that was the most fun ever. So since then I didn't really look back, and I, I went to school for for jazz, um, uh, Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. Okay, yeah. I studied jazz piano there. I actually didn't decide that I wanted to sing um, until I was, oh, I don't know, 25 or 6 or something. I mean, I always sang for fun, um, and I always really liked to play piano and sing, but uh, you can actually check on one of my YouTube videos I I told about the time, or why I almost quit singing for good is because somebody told me one time that I that I had to choose either piano or voice, and oh no, uh, so that's why I chose piano for a while, but... Uh, you know, after a few years, I, I realized that the thing I really love to do is play and sing. Now, one of the videos that you have on your YouTube channel, you talk about how you discovered you have quote unquote perfect pitch. How did you first discover that? Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I didn't ever even know or think about it until I was probably 18 and I went to this Jamie Abersall clinic in Sacramento. Mm. And I spent a whole day there just like learning and and then the second day, I remember I was sitting way in the back in this auditorium, and he said, hey, does anybody out there have perfect pitch? And um, and I thought, I was like, I don't know if I do. And then somebody else raised their hand, and he called on that person and called them up to the stage. And, and then he just started just started plunking out notes, just, and the guy would say C, F sharp, B, A. And, and I... I was keeping up with him. So I was in the back of that room going, oh, I know those notes. And then, and then he would say, okay, what are these three notes? And, and I knew him. And, you know, the guy knew him and I knew him. And, and he even played really hard ones, like at the bottom of the piano and the top. And I was just, I was just keeping up wow. with him. Yeah, so, so then I said, I guess I've got perfect pitch. And, and so at, at that point, did you... I guess perfect pitch it has it has such a weird thing about it because it almost seems like it's this almost supernatural ability when you find someone who has perfect pitch who just at the whim you you play a note and they just they just know what it is and I'm especially thinking about like all these child prodigies that have perfect pitch right it, it, was that the way it is for you or like how can you explain it well I think I went to college and then and then I heard one of my professors talking one day about how mm. he had perfect pitch and and he was saying um he goes, you know, my car, the, the horn on my car is a B flat. And it, he said something like that. And, and he said, and one day I, uh, I, I took off really fast from a stop sign and my, and I was mad at the guy in front of me. So, you know, my tires peeled out and they were all right. And he goes, and it was a G and I honked the horn oh at the goodness. same time and, and made a major sixth. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and I went in my head, I went, oh, I can't do that. I said, I don't right. know, you know. I can't tell you what my horn is or what noise my tires make every time I peel out, which is daily. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding right there. But uh, 
but yeah, I, I can't do that. And I also, um, I came to figure out that, that if you ask me to sing an A, I, I won't always be exactly right. I might, I might be a quarter tone flat or sharp or maybe even a half step on some days. So, so what I've learned is, is that I only pretty much have perfect pitch when it comes to the piano. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Once in a while I'll hear like a, a trumpet, which is another instrument that I played for a long time, um, or a guitar. And I'm, I'm, I kind of play guitar. Sometimes I can hear those notes and know exactly what they are too. But so I, I've learned that there are different levels of perfect pitch and, and, you know, I, I guess I don't just have like relative pitch. It's like somewhere between perfect pitch and relative pitch. There's right. a name for it. I can't remember what it is. Well, let's talk about that really quick. So what is the difference between, just for all the listeners in case they don't know already, what's the difference between perfect pitch and relative pitch? Well, relative pitch, I think we can all develop, um, you know, some of us better than others, but, um, but that's the ability to be able to find a way to figure out what, you know, what notes are. So, so that it, maybe if you have a reference point, like maybe, maybe if you know that that's, that that's a D and, and then you hear some other note, you know, then you'll be able to, to figure out the other note. If you, if you hear somebody sing, ah, and you know that that's a D you can real quick in your head, you can go do, re, mi, fa, so. And, and then you know that the next one's an A little tricks like that. Right. Right. And perfect pitch just being almost this, uh, this natural ability just to sense vibrations <laughs> and, yeah. and put a name to it. I right. think so. Yeah. Have you, have you seen okay. the videos on YouTube of, um, Dylan Beato? I have not seen those videos. Um, my, my friend Rick, Rick Beato has a son who has probably the best perfect pitch of anyone on the planet. And he's made some great videos. I'm sure your, your, uh, listeners have, have heard them and seen them, okay. but I mean, if you want to, if you want to know what real perfect pitch is, you go watch that nine-year-old kid, Dylan Beato, and you'll be blown maybe away. Maybe I have seen those videos. Like, it, yeah, it's a, a father maybe in his 40s, yes. 50s or something like that. And he's like playing the craziest stuff and he just knows what, yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's probably him. That's absolutely crazy. Okay. But so you're, you're saying that you think that relative pitch, mm-hmm. we can all develop relative pitch. Now... That sounds awesome to me. I, I know I'm particularly interested in that because I don't have perfect pitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but as we know, in, for for jazz and in, a, in all kinds of music, uh, for jazz specifically, though, we need to have great ears. I mean, that's that's a, would you not say it's a huge important part of playing jazz music? Yeah, if you if you can't hear what you're doing, and and I always say, sing what you're doing. I think you're missing out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I think relative pitch can be. Uh, it can be helpful, I mean, in so many ways, because I think that by even just uh, trying to attain relative pitch, you're going through a lot of uh, exercises and uh, different lengths that will develop your ear anyways. So my question to you is, how do we develop relative pitch? Well, I I mean, I have this, you know, I don't, I don't think I made it up or anything, but, but just this little concept that I like to call finding your perfect pitch jam. And that way I don't look at it like it's an exercise or, you know, right. a tedious process of trying to learn relative pitch because, because, you know, say that you're in an acapella group and you guys go out to sing at a mall it's super fancy and you guys are right by the food court and everything and then 
you have got to be the one to tell your your group, you know, the note that you start your song on. What what if your song's in A and and uh, and somebody's got to find an A because nobody right. brought a pitch pipe. Like, how are right. you going to do that? So, so my my little thing called perfect pitch jam is that you figure out some song that you're really really comfortable with, like some song that you know inside and out so well that you can actually kind of hear it playing in your mind, and then you think about it really hard and you hear it. And then you try to produce the sound or a pitch. The one that I I like to use, um, because when I was first trying out this theory, I was testing it on my husband. And I knew that as a kid, he listened to uh, Money for Nothing, Chicks for Free by Dire Straits a lot. And that song starts out with, I want my MTV on a really strong B flat. And and I said to him, I, I said, can you, do you think you could just sing I Want My MTV and know what note it was on? And he was like, no. And I said, no, I bet you can. I, I said, will you just Is your try husband it? musical? Yeah, he's a little musical. Okay. Um, and, and so he just shot for it. He just, I want my, I think I'm right. Yeah, B flat. But nice. That was him, you know, he just shot for it and he nailed it. I was like, all right, John, that's your perfect pitch jam. Now, anytime in life, if somebody needs a note, all you have to do is recall that B flat from your memory, and then you can find any other note from it. Right, which is crazy. And okay, spoiler alert to everybody listening right now. uh, This isn't the first time I've heard Amy talk about this. Uh, I snuck into some of her YouTube videos and heard her talk about this before. And, And in complete honesty, Amy... When I first heard you talk about this, finding your perfect pitch jam and uh, discovering a note from just a song that you think you really know really well, I, I didn't buy it at first. At first, I was like, I, I, I don't know about this. So uh, what I did is I, I tried it out myself. I was like, well, I got to give this a try. And so I thought of a song that uh, for me, I play all the time and, and tried it myself. I tried the one I, I know. I know uh, my shining hour so well. I love that too. Uh, yeah, it's a great song. Uh, I play it in C and E flat, but often in E flat. So I feel I felt like I knew it. And so I started testing myself and I've been like practicing throughout the week and I feel like I've been nailing it like 95% of the time. Nice. So and, and I was just so blown away by that. I was like, man, she knows what she's talking about. That's crazy because I feel like just by the first note, by the way, is G. So just by defining what G is, it, I just felt like, wow, like I can maybe I can figure out everything else from here or, or maybe get used to other notes. In fact, here, let, I might embarrass myself really bad here and that's okay. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can get G. Um, D. You got it, Brent. I got it. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay, great. Nailed it. Uh, it, th- it's, it still thrills me every single time. Um, okay. Awesome. And so, once you find your your song, now is there only one song, or do you think there's multiple songs that people can discover? That's a good question. I, I, I since, since I put that YouTube video up, um, some people have written and said, "Oh, I already know about this. I have a song for every key or for every oh. note." And I I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, why do you need that? I don't know why you need that, but but it might just be fun. Okay, you know." If, if you can figure out one for every key, I guess it might just be fun. Um, but 
you know, if you've got your G for, for my shining hour and somebody asks you to find a C sharp, can you, can you do it, Brent? Uh, I think so. So, uh, is that it? Almost. Okay. Let's let me, a little bit flat. But tell oh, yeah, us how you're flat. finding okay. it. So th- there's there's your G. Walk us through uh, so it the, yourself. Yeah. Duh. So I just I, I know my intervals. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably a little weaker on my yeah. going down than exactly. Up, but uh, so I'm just thinking. Okay, C sharp. That's a well. C is a fourth away from G, and then going up. It's it's a fourth going up, and then so C sharp is a half step higher. So I'm just going. Da da. So then I know that C sharp is da. Yeah, that's is right. That right. Yeah, that's that's probably exactly how I do it. So your G note that you had, uh, if you find your C from it, da 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 da, you could sing a major scale like that, and then you're right. You just sharp it, da da, and you've got right. it. So any note that you need to find, as long as you've, I mean, I don't think there's a reason to find twelve different perfect pitch jams unless yeah. you have all this spare time on your hands or something. Uh, but I think you just right. need one and then you can, as long as you're, you know, you've learned some intervals, you know, I mean, you need to know your major scales and, and all of your intervals. Then I think you'll right. be able to find your way to whatever note you need. All right. Just taking a little break from today's show to talk to you about our flagship ebook, Zero to Improv. Zero to Improv is a book that teaches you how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up no stone is left unturned this isn't your ordinary music book zero to improv it calls you to action it's packed full of improv and jazz theory lessons you'll start from the beginning and build up all of the skills and knowledge that you need to become a great jazz improviser there's audio examples included for all of the music notation of the book and versions are available for c b flat e flat and bass clef instruments it's designed for all skill levels if you want to learn more about Zero to Improv, go to zerotoimprov.com. That's www.zerotoimprov.com. Right. And, and for everybody listening right now, if you're if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, well, I think I can find my perfect picture jam. I can find my first note. But how do I, if I don't know my intervals, you're, you're kind of stuck, right, when it comes to relative pitch. Um, on learnjazzstandards.com, we have a great quiz uh, it's our ear training intervals quiz. So just go to learnjazzstandards.com and then search for ear training and you're going to find that it's one of the, the first things that comes up uh, That's to great. work on your intervals. So Amy, would you would you say that, so is that really the next place we go after le- finding our perfect pitch jam? We go straight to intervals. Is is that the next step naturally? I think so. And and you know, a lot of people will just quiz themselves by hearing the intervals, but I think you need to be singing all of them like right. a lot. Because I mean it, all of it needs to be connected. What you hear and what sound you can produce yourself out of your mouth and the way that it feels in your throat, you know, those things right. are, are really important just to kind of have your body be, you know, connected to, to all these notes that you hear. So, so if, you know, if you're just listening to fourths and you're trying to say, what are those? Without actually going, la, la, la. I don't think you're internalizing it nearly as well as you could be. Okay. 
So singing it is really important to to be able to sing what you're playing. Yeah, and it's cool too. You can you can switch it up all kinds of ways because you know we're gonna do intervals uh, ascending and intervals descending. So you can you know you can play yourself a, a B, and then and then you can say what's what's a minor third down, and then you think of it and then and then play it and see if you're right. And if you weren't right, you better try it again and sing it. And and you can do all sorts of things where where from the given note that you have you you know you make yourself produce the pitch with your voice first and and then right. you can mix it up a little bit by you know I love I love that that you have a quiz on your website you can mix it up by having somebody quiz you or going to this yes. website yeah. and being quizzed and then and then you don't use your voice and you see um, you see how good your ears are just just without but then anytime you need help I think your voice is definitely your crutch. And, and that can be helpful too. Right. And, you know, there, there's the thing where, uh, you know, for example, if you're learning a jazz solo or any solo of any kind of music, uh, a lot of musicians will tell you to, well, first you have to listen to it, right? Some people will just jump in right to trying to get it onto their instrument. But the first step really is just to, to listen to it like many times over. So, so that you many really times, feel like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, almost like in an obsessive way so that you have it internalized. And then the next step that a lot of people, I mean, not so much, obviously not vocalists, but a lot of instrumentalists skip is the trying to sing it part, right? <laughs> which really ensures that you already got to internalize. All you need to do after that is just get it on your instrument. So, so much value in uh, singing, singing, you know, in general, just exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah. And, and that to me was so organic. I mean, even all those years that I really didn't sing and I was just playing piano, you know, if, if I was listening to a beautiful John Coltrane solo as I, you know, mm. walked across campus one day or whatever, and, and I listened to it a ton of times, like I was already singing it just for fun. You know how you, you sing along with anything that, that you like just for fun. And, and man, I don't know why you would ever try to transcribe something that you didn't absolutely mm. love. And if you absolutely right. love something, you've listened to it like, 50 times or a hundred times, you know, Absolutely, and then, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're just singing and, and if you can sing it, then yeah, you've done like half the work. It's then after that, it's yeah. just boring stuff like fingering and tone and yeah. Yeah. On your yeah. instrument. So what are some, you know, so it sounds like we've established you, you get your, uh, your perfect pitch jam as you're calling it. And then you establish intervals after that. And you're even talking about you've had some people comment that, well, they learned a bunch of other perfect pitch jams to help them out with other notes, maybe to get them quicker. Uh, but in general, it's coming down to we need some ear training fundamentals. Are there any ear training exercises that uh, you would recommend to any of the listeners today? Um, let me think. I, I really like to um, – I just like to use tunes in general. Like if, okay. if you want to practice something, I always say pick a tune so that it's not boring. So yeah. – so, you know, if what if we picked your tune, My Shining Hour? And and then what if we just take that first chord that I played right there? I played an E flat, a B flat, a C, a D, an E flat, and a G. So, mm-hmm. so you pick a voicing, and then you tell yourself, I'm going to sing the six of that chord. Can you do it? I, wow, I, sh- I shouldn't yeah. have given it away for you right now. Let, let's try another one. Um, oh, you're scaring me. Okay, let's try this. 
chord right now on this B flat. Mm-hmm. Can you sing the sus note? Yeah. Da. Yeah, that's it. That's right. That's the E flat. Ah, all right. Good. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna add a sharp eleven on this next uh, one chord. Okay. Can you sing it? Da. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Brent, you're amazing. Now sing the nine on this chord. Da. That's the melody note. Which is a com- oh, common oh. mistake. I'm glad you did that. Yep. It's, it's really common. So we're we're shooting for the that's that's the four of an F minor chord. We're shooting for for the mm-hmm. nine. Oh man, I'm struggling here. Play it one more time it's for me. It's tough, isn't it? Hold on, let me help you. Let me help you. Sing the melody note again. Bright, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, just walk down. You know it's a B flat. Walk down to the G. Ah, uh, oof. Da do. One more half step. Da do. That's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's great practice, Amy. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. No problem. So j- just just playing chords with different voicings and just trying to find what the whether it's an extension or just a basic chord tone. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, to great take advice. to take it a step further, you can you know you can be playing along in the tune and and you can say, um, all right, my next chord is going to be a B flat seven. So I would like to. Um, I'd like to alter that and play a sharp nine on it. Uh, but before mm-hmm. I actually hit it with my fingers, I'm going to sing that sharp nine. So then you, right. then you try to sing it and then you, <laughs> I mean, it's endless. You can come up with all kinds of things. That's awesome. You can try to sing every note in the chord. Yeah. Yeah. That's so much great material. Um, well, Amy, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Is there a link that listeners can go check out more of your stuff? Any place that you want to, lead people to? Yeah, for sure. My website's the best place, amynolte.com. And that's A-I-M-E-E-N-O-L-T-E.com. And you can find a lot of my YouTube videos there or clips of them that'll just lead you uh, to where you need to go. I also have a shop on my website that'll give you worksheets that go along with my videos. It, It can also take you to my, I have a couple of albums, but you can link to everything there. Okay, great. So everybody check out amynolte.com and check out Amy's music and her videos. Amy, thanks so much for being on the show today. I hope to have you back again soon. It was really fun, Brent. Nice to meet you. All right, that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening and thanks for tuning in. You can find today's show notes at learnjazzstandards.com. Go to podcast in the top menu and find this episode 60. And remember to check out Amy Nolte. You can go to her website, amynolte.com. That's A-I-M-E-E-N-O-L-T-E.com. Remember to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps other people find this podcast. And of course, become part of our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. We're going to be coming out with a brand new episode 61 next week. I'm looking forward to seeing you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.